Welcome to the Sober Podcast, part of the Soberverse created by the team at the Sober Network. The Sober Network has engaged in revolutionizing the treatment industry by creating its own token economy. We offer fresh ideas to an industry that has relied on dated interventions. We are responsive to a new generation of substance users who are attached to their phones so we can impact massive social change. Our unmatched technology displays solutions of our various brands, demonstrating a thorough understanding of how we get things done. We are proving that technology, along with incentivized human accountability, provides measurable and positive outcomes. Visit us at SoberNetwork.com. Welcome to the Sober Podcast. This is your host, Jamie Brickhouse, and our Sober Liberty guest today is Chelsea Cahoon, who is also known as the Sober Raver. I can't wait to hear more about this. Uh, Chelsea is a model, content creator, and entrepreneur who has started a company called Music is the Drug. And today's topic, by the way, is how I party sober, the Sober Raver. So thank you for joining us on Sober Podcast, Chelsea. I'm excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Jamie. I'm really honored and I've been looking forward to this. I'm, I'm ready to dive in and talk with you. Great. Well, dive in and tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and how you found sobriety. Absolutely. So my story is a little bit unique because I never actually found sobriety because I've actually been sober my entire life. So oh, my God. Bit, yeah. So <laughs> it's actually it's a little bit of a different story than um, some people. But um, basically, my story is that from a very young age, I just knew that I never wanted to start consuming alcohol or ever using substances. It was a, it was a scary thought to me. And you know, my parents were always like, you know, you don't need anything. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't ever want to drink. And mm -hmm. um, I always tell the story of how I won the fifth grade dare essay contest and read to my fellow peers about how you don't need alcohol. And I think that stuck with my brain for most of my life. And I actually didn't think about dare as an adult, like how that impacted me, but I think that it did. So yeah. and dare is tell our listeners for oh, those who may not know. So yeah. So um, if you didn't grow up in America, then you might not know what D.A.R.E. is. D.A.R.E. is a program that they had for fifth graders in elementary school. And it was to show kids basically that you don't need drugs or alcohol. And they had a contest or they have a contest at every school and people win. And you get to read the speech that you wrote about how you don't need to use drugs or alcohol. And I just happened to be one of the winners. And I got to speak in front of the entire class. And that was really awesome for me because I felt really proud in that moment. And I think that just stuck with me. Um 
but yeah, as I got older, I definitely went to parties and I remember turning down my first beer. I was like, okay, that's cool. You know, I don't (laughs) ever want that. Like I just never, people always ask me like, have you ever wanted to try? And I'm like, no, I I really just have never wanted to. I've I've taken a sip of beer once and it was awful. I was like, I don't know how people do this. Mm -hmm. Um, So for me, it was like the never, like never wanting to do it. And I saw people around me struggling with alcohol problems in high school, even. Right. And I was just like, I don't understand. Like, I understand why people do it because life is hard, but I, I didn't understand why they wanted to get completely drunk because that was scary to me. Um, but I did go to a party college called Radford, which was interesting being mm-hmm. sober because there's way more drugs in that college than there was high school. Yeah. Um, so that was really yeah. interesting. And people didn't usually believe me when I'd say I was sober because I'd go to all the frat parties. I'd do everything. So like what you said, the topic was today, partying sober. That's kind of like what I do. And what I've done my whole life is party sober. I go to these fraternities. I go to the clubs and I just get high on life. I love and- it. And what before we get into the party bit of it, um, I just want to back up a little bit about mm-hmm. your um your experience or non-experience with alcohol and drugs, um, which I find fascinating that, you know, that you've never, uh, uh, so you've never tried a drug, right? I have never tried anything. So I I will say like, just to make everybody clear, what I have taken is birth control, which is considered a drug. I've taken Tylenol and, you know, Aleve. I've taken painkillers for, you know, headaches, but I've never, you know, I've never taken, um, you know, I've never done weed. I've never done like hay or Coke or anything. And you've never like been that. drunk. Never been drunk. I've never had a drink of alcohol and I've never had weed. And you, uh, uh, so, and it wasn't, uh, you didn't witness um, uh, alcohol, uh, alcoholism and drug addiction in your family. Like so my, I would say my grandpa was an alcoholic, but mm-hmm. it didn't really click with me as a kid. So that's not why I chose my path. I really just chose it on my own. Um, and like I said, I, I do that. give Dare some credit. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I'm, uh, you know, the, um, the actress, uh, television star from the seventies, <laughs> Carol Burnett, um, she famously did not drink, um, be, her parents were alcoholic and uh, alcoholics and she was raised by her grandmother. And, um, as far as I know, I, from, okay. the, from the story about, I know, so she didn't drink because, uh, she saw that it ruined her parents' lives and, and she never, and she never wanted to drink. Um, so, uh, your story, you know, which, which sounds more or not sounds, but, uh, is more typical, I think mm-hmm. people who, who don't, who don't drink or drug at all because, because of that. But, um, which I, and, and I love your story cause it's, uh, it is unique and interesting. Um, yeah, so, thank you. Um, many people have to learn how to have fun in sobriety or redefine what what fun means to them in sobriety. So, uh, you know, you didn't have to do that um, because, because you uh, like to party um, mm-hmm. and have always done it sober. And so tell us now about your party yeah. evolution. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, being in high school, it was difficult at times because people didn't understand my lifestyle. And I probably got made fun of a little bit. Um, I got left out of things, but it didn't really bother me because I didn't really want to be around those people anyways. Um, So in high school, I mean, I I lived a normal life. I'd go to the parties that I was invited to. I'd go to the dances and it was just repulsive to me. So I just had fun with my friends and didn't really think about what everyone was doing. And then when I got to Radford University, um, which like I said, is a party school, it was a lot different because there's people drinking every single day of the week, you know, doing mm-hmm. drugs. You, you see drugs on the street. It's kind of crazy. 
But again, I didn't let it bother me. I would go to the fraternities and I'd, I love to dance. So I would just go to these places and dance the night away with my friends. And I was also, you know, the DD. I made sure all my friends got back safely. So I was like the friend that you wanted to have because I was a good time. But then I could make sure that everybody got home safely and I made sure that everybody was taken care of. Um, and then after college, you know, I'm a festival goer. My name's the Sober Raver. Yeah. And yeah. I adopted that name because I was at a festival one time and this guy asked me what I was high on. And I said, well, I'm actually a Sober Raver. And I had never said that term, that like phrase out loud. And I was like, that sounded pretty cool. I'm going to change my name to that on Instagram. So I did. And here we are. And I'm trying to show people that you can have an amazing time at these festivals and raves completely sober. That's great. And speaking of uh, of showing people that they can do this sober, um, as I was saying, many people have to learn how, how to have to have, uh, have to learn how to have fun mm -hmm. in sobriety. And, you know, oh, it's not going to be any fun now that I'm not drinking and using drugs. I'm not going to be able to dance, right. I'm not have sex. I'm not going to, you know, or it's just not going to be it's going to be a bore. Are there any lessons you uh, personally have learned that you can share with our audience about how to make that adjustment? Yeah. So I think that if you have, you know, used drugs or alcohol in your life to, you know, I, I know a lot of people like my friends, especially they like one of my best friends, he's kind of uh, socially shy and like he mm -hmm. uses alcohol to open up, but he actually stopped using it and uses um, CBD more now. I'm not sure. But anyways, you can actually just surround yourself with people like myself. Like, you know, he said that being around me helps him because he sees that I have a good time sober. So I think out of all the podcasts that I've talked on, I think the number one tip that I've given to people is be around people that support you and that are going to accept you for who you are and aren't going to put things, you know, in your face. Um, because I feel that when you're surrounding yourself with people that are pressuring you, it's, it is harder to enjoy the environment that you're in because you feel like you right. have to be on the same level as them. Mm -hmm. So I, I say that if you've been down that road, definitely surround yourself with better people. It might have to cut people out. Um, also just, you know, there's different methods. Like I, I pray about things. I, you can meditate, just try to do whatever you can to find that inner confidence within and know that you can do anything completely sober. I will also say that on Instagram, there's a huge community of support for, um, you know, sober people, sober ravers. There's a Facebook group called rave sober that I always yeah. name drop okay. my, I'm actually an admin on that group. So if you join, I can accept you right away. Oh, um, it's, cool. called, it's called rave sober. Mm -hmm. And you know, that's, that's a beautiful thing about social media, even though it can be a toxic place, there is a community of amazing people that will help people that are new to sobriety or have been in sobriety. So definitely support community support is like number one for sure. Um, music helps too. I, obviously I have a brand called music. It's the drug. Yeah. So I think that that can give people confidence. Um, so there's just a lot of different things, but I will say too, that if you have been around like the festival scene or club scene and you're new to sobriety, you might want to just, you know, take it easy because sometimes it might be triggering. Yeah. So that's why you want to have good people around you to keep you grounded. Great tip. So, yeah. Um, and this is a great time to stop and say thanks to our sponsor, uh, Stephanie Weiss. She's a certified health and recovery coach based locally in Connecticut and offering virtual services nationwide. If you would like more information, please reach out to info at sobernetwork.com. That's I-N-F-O at S-O-B-E-R-N-E-T-W-O-R-K.com. But let's get back to... Chelsea Cahoon, and uh, we're discussing partying sober. Sober. Um, 
we hear that phrase uh, "party sober" um, often in the community. And tell me again the name of your um, your uh, your company. Uh, it's called Music Is the Drug. Music Is the Drug. Um, so tell us about that and how it got its name and and what you do. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, um, like I said, I became the sober raver um, in 2016, and then the next year, I was like, I really want to start a company outside of just my who my name is. And I always wanted to start a company around sobriety, but then yeah. I realized that music is like my number one passion in life. So mm-hmm. I kind of wanted to combine those two, and I took the name from my Instagram bio. It said "Music is my drug," and I just changed the word my to be. So it's music is the drug. And basically I wanted to create this company to show people that music can be extremely healing. Um, and it's literally a drug itself because when I go to these music festivals and and these raves and these concerts, I truly feel high off of just the vibrations alone. And that's basically the mission is just to show people that with or without substances, you can get completely high off of music, um, you know, sober and people are like, Oh, I don't know how you do that. And it's like, well, I first That's off, my next question. How do you do that? Because especially when and I I know in the gay community, especially gay men who go to these, you know, uh, circuit parties and and they dance and dance and dance and do a mm-hmm. lot of drugs and, you know, and feel like they connected with the music through the drugs. Mm-hmm. And of course, it keeps them it can keep them dancing longer and and all that. And then a lot of them, uh, once they get sober, feel like they can't do that anymore. Right. You know? And so. You so in and you tell them, <laughs> yeah, I just say, find an artist or a group that you absolutely just love, mm-hmm. go to their show and get like really close to the music and just try to focus on that alone. And don't, don't focus on what's around you and just try to embrace that moment and see how you feel. And I mean, some people are like, well, I haven't been able to achieve that, but maybe it takes some time to feel it or maybe you just need to have somebody there to help the feeling be even better i mean everyone's different everyone's gonna you know maybe maybe i do feel things stronger than some people because i've never used drugs or substances maybe some people become numb to that feeling once they've used substances but i will say that regardless it is a beautiful thing to enjoy a show sober and you know i know that everybody can feel something if it's their favorite artist for sure and you can even have a shirley temple and get crazy with that you know that's <laughs> that's what i do i i drink shirley temples and get that little bit of uh sugar rush if you will which i mean sugar is technically a drug too so i don't do it a whole lot but every right. once in a while it's better than hey it's better than alcohol it's better than the alternative so and alcohol you know. is loaded with sugar so there yeah there you go so i mean even if you need that little bit of jitter um it can it can help but um, you know, I think that music, especially, especially have, like have you had an, to each other, what's that? Um, finish that thought. Then I'll ask my next question. Oh, I was just going to say, especially like songs that, uh, speak, speak to like the person listening, like a, a lot of lyrics are very relatable. So I think that you can achieve that feeling a lot when you hear a song that means something to you. Mm-hmm. Have you, um, have you had any experiences with, um, partying with someone who's new to sobriety and, um, and, uh, you know, and, and helping them navigate. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So like I said, I'm, um, I'm an admin on the group on Facebook called Rave Sober. Yeah. And I've actually met up with a few people on there that were new to sobriety and we were at a festival together and we just had a really good time. And, you know, even with my brand, like I have my own group on Facebook called music is the drug. It's a Facebook group and we're mm-hmm. all on there and I'll tell people festivals that I'm going to and say like, Hey, if you want to hang out with somebody that's sober, I'm here. There's people here for you. Like if you want to be, um, 
in a group of people that aren't doing drugs. Cause I know that a lot of times if you do, then you might be inclined to do that. Um, so yeah, I've, I've actually hung out with a lot of people that are new to sobriety and I try to just have fun with them. And they're like, you know, I'm so glad that I got to spend this time with you and see that sobriety is fun. And obviously I can't speak on becoming sober and going to an event. So I'm, I never try to put myself in the shoes of somebody that has struggled with addiction, but I show people that I've never wanted to do anything that sobriety is beautiful. And that's all I know. And that's all I would ever want to know because it is a wonderful thing. And you save a lot of money too. That's what I like to tell them. <laughs> save a lot of money. I should be a billionaire. I don't know how I'm not right now. Goodness. Uh, right. Well, of course you never spent the money on the alcohol. <laughs> exactly. Drugs, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's ex- exactly one of the first things I noticed when I got sober was um, yeah. how much money I was saving. Um mm-hmm. What is, um, you know, we often ask our guests, most of whom are recovering alcoholics and and addicts, um, what the best lesson um, they learned in sobriety and how did it help them? So obviously you've always been sober, so it it doesn't quite apply, but what's, what's, since you've been an advocate for um, uh, partying sober and for, uh, you know, and and what your company music is, the drug does, what's been... um, one of the lessons you've learned, um, in, since you've been, uh, yeah, doing that. Um, I think what's really important is staying true to who you are and being yourself, not being afraid to be yourself because yeah. a lot of people that use these substances are afraid to be themselves because they feel like they might be, like I said earlier, socially shy, socially awkward. So I think what's important at the end of the day is just to have self love, like find out how you can love yourself and, um, whether it be, you know, like I said, prayer, uh, reading scripture, or even if you're not religious, there's, you know, a lot of different things online, like resources, there's therapy. I think there's a lot of different ways that we could figure out how to love ourselves and really truly embrace who we are. Because there's been points in my life where I'm like, okay, people don't like me. I'm sober. Like I'm a loner. I'm an outcast. But then I'm like, you know what? That's pretty cool that I'm sober because I'm at an all like party school right now. And I'm, I'm different. And I I learned to embrace who I was, especially in college, because I had everybody around me doing different things. And I was like, you know what, instead of feeling like this, I'm going to choose to embrace this without being, without like putting myself on a pedestal, feeling like I'm better, but more so embracing who I am and using it for good. So during college, I was like, I'm going to do something that, um, you know, I knew before I started my brain, like three years in advance that I wanted to start something. So I think that it's just important to love yourself, love who you are, because you're all amazing just the way you are, whether you're struggling right now with addiction, whether you're in recovery or you're sober, you're all amazing just the way you are. And I just want you to know that life is possible, completely sober, and you're going to have a good life. If you, if you make the right necessary changes, I know that y'all can all do it. Right. And, you know, and you mentioned earlier, well, and you, uh, it mentioned about, you know, that they're, you know, you can meditate and pray and, and even if you're not religious, mm-hmm. but of course people can be spiritual. Absolutely. Uh, find spirituality without being in a religion yes. or, or, or practicing a religion. And you also mentioned earlier that, you know, um, that you pray sometimes. So, um, and, and of course for a lot of people getting sober, uh, spirituality is, is often part of the program and, and, and sometimes very hard Mm-hmm. adopt and, um, mm-hmm. and find that what is your uh, program of spirituality or prayer and meditation? Yeah. So um, for me, you know, I've, I've always said, I love God. I, I don't even like to use the word Christian anymore because there's so many people out there. And I was having this talk with my grandmother today. She was actually asking me, my grandmother was asking me today how I felt about um, 
you know, the LGBTQ community. And I was like, I love them. I love them mm-hmm. for who they are. And I think that people that judge those people are are wrong for that. So, you know, for me, like, where was I going with this? I'm trying to think where I was going with this. Basically for me, I was trying, oh, what, I was, what I was saying is there's so many fake Christians. That's where I was going with this. There's so many fake Christians out there mm-hmm. um, that claim they love God, but they judge people because they think they can. For right, me, it's right. like, I love God and I love everyone, no matter what they believe in. So for me, I just like every day, I'll just say a prayer. I will write down, um, I will journal. I will write down things that I'm thankful for. I will manifest things. I'll pray for the world. I'll pray for the LGBTQ community. Like there's so many different things that I just write down every day. And I think that journaling is super important. Mm -hmm. Um, Being outside in nature, um, you know, that's where I really feel closest with my spirituality. And yoga is a good thing. Like I was like you were mentioning meditation, meditation and yoga are super good ways to connect um, with whatever you may believe in. and music, of course, music is awesome. And I also play music and I sing. So those are two ways that help me connect to and just um, embrace who I am. There's so many different positive. That's like what my brain's about, too. Like I say music is a drug, but there's so many drugs that are positive. Like uh, singing is the drug. Dancing is the drug. Right, I have right, a shirt right. that says pasta is the drug because I love <laughs> pasta. So, um, yeah. So I just try to show people that there's a lot of good addictions i don't i hate the word addiction but that's that's what i try to do you know as long as it's not too much but well thank you chelsea this has been um wonderful chatting with you and um like i said i love your i love your story of sobriety um your whole life um but but living but at the same time you've never been a drinker or a user of drugs, but you do live a sober life by that. I mean, um, what a person who's become sober, uh, uh, in that they have a practice and, a uh, you know, and, a and a routine and a spiritual part of their program, but they also have a lot of fun. Um, so that, that to me defines sobriety and, and you're a living example of that. So thank you for, being on sober podcast today and to all of our listeners thank you for your continued support and visit us on www.soberpodcast.com and all places that you find major podcasts leave us a review sign up for our mailing list or get detailed contact information for today's guest chelsea cahoon it's all up there Uh, I'm your host, Jamie Brickhouse, and you can find me on TikTok, where I tell a true story in high heels every day. (laughs) (laughs) Jamie underscore Brickhouse. Signing out for the Sober Podcast. Tune in for another next week. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you, Chelsea. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Sober Podcast. We hope that you have found this episode helpful and look forward to you joining us next time. As we continue to grow and implement positive change, we hope that you'll share our podcast with your friends and loved ones. They can find us on all the major podcast directories. If you have an idea for the show, want to leave positive feedback, ideas, or comments, connect with us on thesoberpodcast.com. You can also reach us on our social media platform on The Soberverse. We'd love to hear from you. A special thanks to all those who make this show happen. Jamie Brickhouse, our host, Carrie, our producer, Carl Fessenden, our voice, and our sponsor, The Sober Network.